It's like quitting a job when you got nothing in savings and no new job lined up. You could slap a headset on a potato and the Texans would probably do better. You know, imagine the psychological warfare of letting Gritty loose in an empty rink. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. We just can't get NFL off our mind. Last week, we had our fantasy football special, and this week, we're going to have our 2020 NFL season predictions. And as always, I am joined with my trusty co-host, Justin Wright. Howdy, howdy, everybody. I am super excited for the NFL to be coming back. I am... Oh my gosh, it's all I've been looking forward to for like the past month. You, me, and uh, you know, half the Americans out there, I think, are all in the same boat. And by the time you guys are all listening to this, it's actually game day. We've actually got a bona fide NFL game tonight, Thursday night. Yes, it's Thursday night. Cue the song. <laughs> Texans at the defending Super Bowl champ Chiefs. It's going to be a good one, a big rematch of that playoff game last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we get into everything, Justin, just real quick, real quick off the top prediction, who's winning tonight? Ooh, who's winning tonight? I'm going to say it's the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs, but by how much? Two touchdowns. I'll say Chiefs by 10. Chiefs by 10? Right. Chiefs by 10. We'll put it in the books. Uh, okay. the, the real question is, are they going to fall behind 24 to nothing again before pulling it out? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they, that... Uh, <laughs> the Texans, while Bill O'Brien might be an okay game day coach, his off-the-field GM skills, I think, have neutered the Texans offense to the point where... They're just, I don't think it'd be potent enough to, to do much to the Chiefs this year. And this is again where you smash cut to the Texans just steamrolling the Chiefs for some reason. Uh, I think if the Texans steamroll the Chiefs tonight, I think that you and me are not going to be the only people that have sound clips played back. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'll be most of the NFL community. So we're going to get into this whole thing. We're going to talk about those Texans and all 31 other teams. So for a little context on what Justin and I did for this episode, uh, like I said, we're going to focus entirely on the NFL this one, and we're, going to, we're going to just going to preview the upcoming season. So what we did was we each went through every single regular season game. Yep, all 256 of them, and we picked them, and then we saw where our teams, where all the teams landed in the standings at the end. And I actually did it three times, and I kind of – I feel like got the best of all three of those picks. So I feel like this is going to be the best uh, view you're going to get into my thought process here. Justin, how many times did you go through and do it? Uh, I did it two times, but unfortunately I lost my picks and I didn't write them down because I was a silly Billy. Uh, So I'm kind of going off of what I remember. Well, the good news is from what I've gathered that you and I were pretty uh, similar in a lot of our, projections here so the records might be a little off between us but I think by and large the standings were pretty similar yeah that's um we are generally pretty similar in thought and how NFL teams would play out all right so I think what we should do first is I think let's just talk about the standings how we think each division is going to finish um I'll, I'll give you my records uh and we can I mean the records again, aren't going to mean too much right now. 
we'll just talk about the standings and then kind of our logic and picking what we picked. And then after that, we'll get into some of the meat of these teams' schedules. We'll talk about some of the really enticing games that we saw, and there's some good ones this year. Oh, good Lord, there are some tasty games. <laughs> uh, hashtag tasty games for this week <laughs> for this week on Twitter, at the expansion BU1. Tasty games. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, what, what conference do you want to start in, Justin? Let's – you pick a conference to, and a division. What? Let's start with the AFC because I know both of our teams are in the NFC, so I want to save those juicy little tidbits for later. All right, let's save the NFC West and the NFC South for last then. So let's go AFC North. AFC North. All right, I think it's a pretty clear consensus among you, me, and a lot of football fans that Baltimore is going to be not only one of the best teams in the AFC North this year, but probably one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league this year. Mm-hmm. No doubt that they dominate the regular season. I think the big thing that we're going to have to see is just once we get to the playoffs, if Lamar Jackson can get that playoff monkey off his back. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I, that kind of goes into my thought process here too, is not only are the Ravens you know, so talented on offense with Lamar and everything that he can do, um, under center but also yeah I thought back to how they lost in the playoffs last year to Tennessee you know they they had such a great regular season they wrapped up the AFC's number one seed uh really what happened cut and dried is the Ravens overlooked the Titans in the divisional round Mm -hmm. game you know the Titans coming off that big upset win over New England as a wild card team and I don't care what anyone says. I think that that night in Baltimore, the Ravens just weren't, I think they were already thinking ahead to the, what was seemingly the inevitable AFC championship matchup between the chiefs and them. And they weren't focused at the team that was there that night. And I think that bit them. I, I agree. I think that was a perfect example of just not, Paying attention to your opponent. There's a quote from a book series I like. It's uh, The series is called The Galactic Football League. It's about football space. One of the coaches in that series says, after an upset loss like that, never forget any other team in this league can beat you on any given day of the week. You can't overlook any team. That is, and yeah, I, that's, that's with any level of football, I think, and especially the NFL. It is something I know we've talked about before. We always talk about the good and the bad teams in the NFL, but at the end of the day, the difference between a good and a bad, quote-unquote, professional team is so minuscule that I mean, these are all professional football teams. So anybody can mm-hmm. beat anybody. And that's what I think a lot of people forget, and that's what the Ravens forgot last year in the playoffs – which leads me to the fact that the Ravens are going to be very upset going into this year. They're going to have something to prove. So I think they're the two, the combination of the two most dangerous things you can have with a sports team. They're stacked and they're mad. Yeah. I think the entire team has a chip on their shoulder right now. That is scary. Cause like you said, they're, they have an incredible offense led by Lamar Jackson. Um, and they've got some young talent that I think we're going to see continue to work uh, in like Hollywood Brown, and then that defense has been consistently creeping and continuing to be good, kind of in the background for the last several years. And now they're just they're hitting their stride. And they're kind of putting it all together right now. And I will be beyond blown away if they don't 
they don't go deep this year into January. Oh yeah. I I mean, I would be, I think I'd be blown away if they didn't win their division quite honestly. Yeah. Which is why uh, both of us having, have them sitting at the top of the AFC North. I have them, like I said, I did this. I went through their whole season three times. The first two times I did it, I had them going 14 and two and I'm not going to lie to you. This last time I did it, I have them going 15 and one. And it's because I look at their schedule and I mean, they've got some good, tough games, but by and large, a lot of their schedule is really, I I don't like using the word easy, but it's not, it's not the toughest teams in the league. They've got Mm -hmm. teams like Cincinnati twice. And I'm sorry, Cincinnati's not going to be a whole lot better than they were last year, even with the addition of Joe Burrow. They've got Cleveland twice, and I have them sweeping both of those division teams. And then they've got they've got teams like Jacksonville, like the New York Giants, Dallas, who's wildly inconsistent, uh, Tennessee, who I don't think there's any way on God's green earth they're going to let come into Baltimore again this year and win. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a bit of a pride point now. And then they do have teams like the Chiefs, and you know Pittsburgh always plays them tough. And I'll get into who I think their one loss is going to be later. Well, it's a game I actually want to discuss a little bit because I, it's just, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's what my gut's telling me. So anyway, uh, Ravens going to be very good this year. You can probably take that to the bank. Yeah, that's, that's pretty safe bet. And I agree. I feel like they do have a bit of a weak schedule, but I think, um, I personally, I don't think they're going to sweep their, their two orange division mates there. I, I think they drop at least a game to the Browns. The Browns did beat them last year when that team was in a horrible slump. I do think the Browns are kind of like, you know, there's some divisions where teams kind of just split with certain other teams. I think that's the Browns and the Ravens for kind of the foreseeable future because they both got, at the time being at least, they both got fairly decent offenses. And I think they both have fairly competent quarterbacks under center. Although I will say the Ravens defense, in my opinion, is miles ahead of the Browns defense. But of course, that depends on how people are playing that day. So I think they lose to the Browns at least once. Are you going to say they lose to the Browns at home or on the road? On the road. All right. So that's interesting because as I'm looking at their schedule, they play the Browns on the road in week 14 on Monday Night Football. Ooh, that'll be a fun game to watch, I think. So, Monday night game, who knows? Magic can happen on Monday night. So, I I wouldn't be shocked if the Browns pull one off. As much as I want to crap on the Bengals, I I am not going to discount the fact that Joe Burrow is just new. That shiny new quarterback, the way they play, sometimes it just upsets games. Defenses aren't necessarily ready for it. That's a very valid point. And the other thing, uh, too, is just – division teams know each other better and they play each other tougher. It doesn't, you know, I mean, everyone who's a football fan knows that, you know, when you play teams in your division, you can throw a lot of things out the window that might normally come into play. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see the Browns get them. I I will admit, I'd be a little surprised. I think if the Bengals, I would agree. I just, I don't want it to be completely off the table. I want to know what you think. Uh, You said you have them having one loss. Who do you think it is? We can get into the nitty-gritty of this game later. And when I think about it logically, they're probably going to have that 14-2 and record I said was probably more accurate. I think they probably might drop one to the Steelers. They always seem to split with them. But Mm -hmm. the loss that I really want to focus on that I think they're going to have is in week nine. They go play at 
the Colts, and I think that they lose that game. And we can talk about why now if you want to, or we can save it. So week, um, week nine coming off their bye week, they go to Indianapolis, and I think they're going to lose that game. Interesting. I, I do want to talk about that game later. Um, interesting, because I actually think they're going to I, – I, I see them winning that game personally. The game I think that they're going to lose is going to be kind of a – maybe an upset loss. I think they're going to lose to Philly. Really? I, I do. I really, really do. I think – especially because they play them fairly early in the season, they're going to get healthy Philadelphia. The Eagles and Alex, I'm sorry if you're listening. The Eagles have injury trouble. It's yeah. I I don't think even, uh, yeah. Shout out to our buddy at the get back guys podcast, Alex Weaver, biggest Eagles fan you'll ever meet. Uh, I think Alex will even admit that. Yes. the, The Eagles do have injury troubles. Carson Wentz, I think can just make it happen sometimes. And to not not to feed Alex's Alex's flame, but I do think right now he's getting slept on a little bit because he's had you know a string of injuries and has kind of been held back by those. I think though we can see him return to form this year, and I think they I think they'll upset the I think they'll upset the Ravens because of it. Or I think they'll upset a few teams honestly. You know, so that's interesting. Um, it is a road game. Typically, Philly's a pretty tough place to play although I don't know what the fan situation is going to look like there come week six or in Indianapolis for that matter in week nine so I think something that we should do and we'll do for our Twitter audience is we will write down all of our super hot takes uh, both of these games that we just talked about included and we'll see how right we were or probably how wrong we were at the end of the season but we can put it in the books that Justin thinks the Eagles are going to beat the Ravens and I think the Colts are going to do it. So moving down the AFC North, I also don't think it's that much of a stretch to say that I think that Pittsburgh is going to finish second. I can definitely see it. But I think, honestly, following the Ravens, I think the Bengals will do okay this year, but I don't think they're going to finish anything above the bottom of that division. I think the Browns and the Steelers might flip-flop around in the middle. It's one of those things. I'm going to go with, I know Big Ben can get it done, even if I don't think he's always the most consistent. I, th- I, I need to see how Baker Mayfield plays this year. Because if he's back to year one, rookie Baker, then I think Browns definitely take that second place spot. But if he's last year, not all there, Baker, I guess I would put it, they're, they're, they're coming in third or possibly even dropping the ball and finishing fourth. I personally have the Steelers going second. I have the Browns going third. I agree with you. Cincinnati's going to finish last. Um, Joe Burrow's great, but it's he's going to need a year or two, and he's going to need some help. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and, and and going back to Ben Roethlisberger, he he's a proven quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, the inconsistency has kind of been rearing its ugly head as of late. But the other thing is too, he's a dying breed of quarterback in today's NFL. Yes, the time is going to come that the Steelers are going to just have to plan for the future and move on. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's going to necessarily be the case this year. In fact, what I've heard is after his Tommy John surgery, this off season that some people around Steelers, uh, the Steelers organization think that he's throwing the ball better than he ever has before. I don't know. We'll see what it looks like uh, during an actual game, but it's not going to, it's not going to be enough to overtake the Ravens. And like you said, it, might not even be enough to overtake the Browns. 
but I, like I said, I have the Steelers going 10 and six and having them in that sixth seed. So still mm-hmm. making the playoffs as a wild card. That's kind of how I see that division shaking out, but I, I think it's the Ravens division to lose. Yeah, I would agree. I will say, and I, I have some doubts about the Steelers. This is a scenario that I can also see playing out. I will say big Ben Roethlisberger looks like he is in better condition than he has been for the last several years. He looks like he was putting in some hustle during the off season and during his time on IR. Yeah, he looks like he's rehabbed pretty well, which uh, is like we both kind of said earlier, why we wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers take one game against the Ravens there. They always seem to anyway. But I think he's kind of realized that this might be the last ride. You know, he might have one, two, maybe three years. He's, but like you said, he's dying breeding. He's getting up there in years. And coming off an injury like that, I don't like to say it this way, but his days in the NFL are numbered. And there's another couple of quarterbacks that I'd say the same thing about. The window on going back to the Super Bowl for him is rapidly closing. They got they've they've gotten close to kind of getting back to that playoff glory here the last couple, last few years. Not so much last year, obviously, but but two years ago they were a catch away from going to the playoffs over when they played New Orleans. But right now their defense is in a great spot. They basically got the revised steel curtain. Um, with pieces such as Minka Fitzpatrick, who was a great addition to that that defense, really bolstered it. But then now that Big Ben is back, he looks good. You know, people say, like you said about his Tommy John surgery, he's throwing well. Now they have that pass attack back because, <laughs> we can be honest, their backup quarterback situation last year was abysmal. Like, that was just a circus. It was. It really was. Um, but they have that, so we could definitely see Juju getting hit more this year. And he, I think, is a legitimate threat at wide receiver for the Steelers. And then the Steelers have always had good run blocking. So James Conner can get in there, and if they have to be keyed now on not only the run game but the, the pass attack too, I think they can be a, a darn good team and possibly even upset people in January because – I do think people kind of underestimate them because of the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is an older quarterback. And, you know, when, when you say some of those names on, on the Steelers team, you're like, yeah, they're good, but are they the best? Are they the greatest? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say the Steelers oftentimes feel like one of those teams. I was actually just talking to my dad about it the other day. He's a big Steelers fan. He said, it almost seems like every year, that we're supposed to do good, we don't. And every year that we're not really expected to do much, we have a good year mm-hmm. and get into the playoffs. So I don't know what to make of Pittsburgh this year, if I'm being completely honest with you. I could see them having anywhere from a six-win season up to maybe an 11- or 12-win season. Yeah. I think the Steelers are kind of an X factor right now. And I think that, you know, I just I have this sneaking suspicion in my gut that they're going to be kind of a scary team to play this year. You're definitely not going to want to overlook them. That's no for sure. And I think another piece that people forget on, on that defense is, <laughs> you know, the Texans aren't the only one with the Watt brother. No, no. In fact, Pittsburgh has two thirds of the Watt brothers. So I know that's, that's kind of scary to be honest. Cause <laughs> those Watts are good at football. Yeah. They, that's a hot take everybody. But. Yeah. That's a uh, boy. You're going to want some oven mitts for that take. <laughs> All right, um, and we kind of talked about where the Bengals and Browns yeah. land. I don't think we need to hash those over. No, I, I think I think we've spent probably enough time on the AFC North. 
Uh, I love talking football, though. I love speculating about teams. Um, like I said, I think the Browns will – I just want to get this in before we move on. I think the Browns could be anywhere in that third to fourth spot, although I doubt they'll be fourth. Anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I actually have the Browns at six and ten. So, and, and I could that could that's probably lowballing it a little yeah. bit. But all right, moving on. AFC South. Now, this is an interesting division. It always seems to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. think that there's a pretty definite last place team. And um. Yeah, let's talk about that last place team. Actually. Yeah, let's start from the bottom up. Uh, I think we can both agree that it's probably going to be Jacksonville. I, I hate to say it, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Jacksonville. A lot of it is because of Gardner Minshew, uh, but Blake Bortles, I thought, was – he was just such a kind of a running joke in our fantasy football league that I kind of half fell in love with him. And I loved watching playoff Bortles. That was fun. Yeah, but man, that the little playoff run there in 2017, that was, that was really fun, actually. I really enjoyed that. They made a fan out of me that year, too. Um, but I just – you know, everybody says they're tanking, and I kind of bought into that because they've done some silly things. You know, they, they there's all this speculation of them tanking, but I did I did love what uh, Minshew had to say about that when asked about that the other day by the media. He said, I refuse to let that happen. So, yeah. we'll see. I, I do really respect the heck out of Gardner Minshew. You know, he jokes around and kind of acts like a frat guy, but I think he is serious about his football. I think the Jags get – get a few wins this season, although I think they ultimately end up at the bottom of their division. But I think they go – I honestly – I can see them upsetting a few teams because I think they get overlooked. Yeah. Um, and, again, I was probably way too harsh when I did this for them. I have the Jags finishing with only two wins this year. Yikes. That's way harsher than I would that I was in but, mine. you know, I – I just found it really hard to pick them in most of their games. I uh, The two teams I have them beating this year, uh, both home games, I have them beating the Dolphins at home, and then I have them getting the Titans once. But I think, you know, the Jags did fairly decent this last year. Um, I think Gardner eventually still needs to develop a little bit more. But he's a good football player. He's not a Patrick Mahomes quarterback, but – you know, he, he plays really well, and he does some of those almost Patrick Mahomes-like things in a few games that show you kind of a, a glimpse of greatness, I guess you could say. Yeah, the, the two things that are my main concerns with Jacksonville is not Minshew's playing level or his talent. It's just right. that, I mean, he's still very young and very fresh to the league, but he isn't the new thing on the block now, and I'm afraid yeah. that some, thing, some teams are going to have him figured out now, especially his division opponents. And then the other thing that concerns me is their defense or the lack there, lack of it. Yeah. So uh, they're not going to be able, they're not going to be a team that can be able to get into shootouts and still possibly survive there. That is true. They did give up basically every good part of the defense. So yeah, there's just too many. It's, it's a team that's reminding me too much of Swiss cheese right now. It's too many holes for me to have. Yeah a lot of faith in but like I said two and 14 is probably a little harsh on my part and they, they did keep their receiving core too I think you got to remember that they've got two very good receivers there they got a uh, DJ Shark and uh DD Westbrook I believe is his last name yeah yep uh and I think they're gonna look to Shark a lot actually 
it feels like on the Jags this year, more than a lot of teams, their top name guys are going to be even relied on more. So if one of them mm-hmm. or God forbid, both of them go down with some sort of injury, uh, Minshew just cannot do it on his own. True enough. True enough. So yeah, I, like I said, I totally agree with you with them finishing last, although I can definitely see them upsetting a couple of teams. All right. So let's move up, I guess, if we're starting from the bottom. Uh, in third place, and, and we've talked about this too, this whole middle of this division can really I, – I, to me, honestly, the top three this year could be one of any of these three. In third place, I have the Titans, though. I have them going 9-7, and seven, and that is just kind of a law of nature. The Titans go 9-7 and seven every year. Yep, yep. And there's nothing that anyone can do about it, and that's just how it's going to be. And I have them going 9-7 and seven again. I think that they – I mean, obviously, Derrick Henry is the biggest asset they have on their team. Tannehill's not anything to scoff at either, though. No one guy can do it on his own, and al- yep. although I think they're going to – I think they're going to be a very run-heavy team this year, that being said. Yep. I think Derrick Henry's run game opens up for Tannehill's passing, and I think that's a really, a really good balance that they're walking right now. Yeah, it, it just kind of uh, combing through the Titans' schedule here. Um, the only game, well, there was a couple games actually that that kind of jumped out at me in terms of just games that I'd be excited to watch and games that were kind of hard for me to pick, honestly. And week three, Tennessee travels to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And I don't know why, but I just really think that that's going to be a good game. That was a very hard game for me to pick. I waffled on it for probably three or four minutes. I ended up going with Minnesota just because they're at home. Mm. Um, But I could see that one going either way. And then the other one, actually sticking with the NFC North, uh, Tennessee at Green Bay. Tennessee plays Green Bay tough. They don't play them often. Uh, Once every four years is all. But they play them tough when they do. And I think – I think it was the last time they played in 2016 that Tennessee actually upset Green Bay. So uh, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a really good game too. And uh, that's actually a Sunday night game, two days after Christmas on December 27th. So nice. It should be an exciting one, but yeah, Titans, like I said, they're going to finish like I think about how they did last year uh, with the expanded playoff, the NFL just adopted now introducing seven teams. Uh, I, the Titans actually, in my predictions here, do make that last wild card spot, the seventh seed. So they go back to the playoffs, I think. And I think you can expect a lot of the same this year from Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I concur. Honestly, I, I don't think I have anything to add to that. All right. So let's, let's talk Colts. Colts, yep. Yeah, that's who I have at second. Yeah. I have the Colts going 10-6. and six, And I the Colts are a team that I think – not a lot of people are high on this year, but not a lot of people are low on either. They're one of those teams that's really flying under the radar right now, and they have a feel, to me anyway, of a team that, you know, you could look up at the standings by week six, and the Colts could be five and one or four and two, and it's like, where did that come from? It's just one of those teams that quietly kind of climbs that no one really talks about until, you know, they're taking command of their division maybe. Yeah, the Colts are – they were a team that was really tough for me to pick. And I think so much of where they're at right now depends. And I, I keep coming back to the quarterback, but I think so much of it depends on Phillip Rivers because they showed even with a backup last year in Jacoby Brissett, 
they were still a fairly competitive team. And I like Jacoby Brissett a lot. I really do. But he is not quite the starter-level quarterback they need. Phillip Rivers, two years ago, had one of the best seasons I've ever seen him play and went into the playoffs to get knocked out by the Patriots. But last season, he was basically a pick machine, and he had poor decision-making. Do we get two seasons ago Phillip Rivers, or do we get this last season Phillip Rivers? Yeah, and that's a really good point, and I totally agree with you. This, a lot of this is going to come down to how Rivers plays. But Phillip Rivers is somebody who – his whole career has kind of been what I just described. The Colts are going to be this year. I think a lot of it's been quiet success. When you think of the top consistent quarterbacks over the last decade and a half in the league, uh, a lot of names that people jump to first are Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, rightfully so too. I mean, but hardly anyone seems to mention Phillip Rivers or if they do, it's an afterthought. His time with the Chargers is really I don't even know how to describe it because it is such a unique, a, a unique thing. He was one of the best quarterbacks that that franchise has ever had in almost every statistical mm-hmm. category, but he, he doesn't have the postseason success to show for it. And I think that that's where a lot of people get lost on him. So I believe in the guy still, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that he's going to be the steady hand that, uh, gets the Colts back into relevancy. And I think sometimes all a guy needs is a change of scenery. And I think that Indianapolis is a really good landing spot for him. I love Frank Reich, their head coach. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Uh, And they've got T.Y. Hilton, you know. So he's got some weapons around him. It's just – Yeah, and they've they've got some good players. Um, They got, like, Marlon Mackett running back. Um, Is it Jack Doyle, their tight end? Jack Doyle. Yeah, so they've got uh um but yeah, they they got some uh they've got some they do have some good pieces. Um they, de- they definitely don't just have a bunch of scrubs for sure. One thing I will say that I think does help Philip Rivers out a lot and it helped Jacoby Brissett and it was helping Andrew Luck, but they've shored up that offensive line. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that but, used to be a huge problem. Yes. That addition of Quentin Nelson a couple of years ago has I can't believe how good he instantly made that line. Yeah. It was just immediate change. Well, and kind of like what we were talking about with Big Ben, Phillip Rivers is part of that uh, last generation quarterback, yeah. and he's going to need to be upright if they're going to have success this year, that's for sure. Of the – of I think that generation of quarterbacks that are kind of going out, he's he's the one that doesn't have that ring. Nope. He's, you said he's had a lot of success. I think that's the one piece of the pie, I guess you could say, that he is missing. Yeah. The, and like that, it, like I said with Big Ben Roethlisberger, that window's closing. It's, yeah, well, yeah, it's closing on Ben and the Steelers, and then it's closing on Rivers' career here. I think the Colts here are kind of his last chance to to make it happen. I, and yeah. I don't, I mean, I think the Colts are, you know, like I said, I have them at 10 and 6. That's good enough for the fifth seed in my projections, a wild card berth, but mm-hmm. uh can this finally be the year that Philip Rivers sees some postseason success? I don't know. But like I, I said, I have this Colts team upsetting Baltimore. Um, yeah, I want to return. I'm hoping uh, here about like halfway through the season or maybe three quarters, we reevaluate where we're at with these teams and s- maybe do a little bit of a prediction on where they're going to land in playoffs. Yeah, I think a fun thing to do either, you know, halfway through the season or toward the end right before the playoffs for you listeners would be 
we go back through this, we comb back through everything we said here today, and then we go where we were right and where we were wrong. And I bet you yep. dollars to donuts that one of those lists is going to be a lot longer. But Yep. So let's talk about the team I think we both hate to love because they've got a coach we love to hate. That is a, <laughs> that's a great way to put it, Justin. Uh, the Houston yeah. Texans, I think we – I mean, I have them winning the division. I actually have them tying with the Colts at 10 and six, but taking it with the tiebreaker. Uh, do you not, maybe not the record, but do you think that they're going to win the South? I do. Uh, I I'm in complete agreement there. I think, I think the Texans have got just enough going right with them right now to, to ignore the things going wrong. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. And unfortunately exactly what you just said for a while Unfortunately for the Texans and their fans, you're going to go to the playoffs again this year, but I think you're going to have another uh, bounce in the playoffs in um, the first or the second round. Yeah. I'm sorry, Texans fans, but y'all should have fired Bill O'Brien. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah, we uh, both of us and a lot of our buddies actually are not fans at all of Bill O'Brien. Uh, I don't know. I don't get – how you just let one of your most talented playmakers walk out the door basically yeah uh, with DeAndre Hopkins who congratulations to DeAndre Hopkins yeah, for his signing a huge extension with the Arizona Cardinals as much as that pains me to say uh phenomenal talent um who didn't quite frankly feel welcome or uh wanted in Houston by the end of his time there mm-hmm. and that that starts and ends with the culture and the cu- the culture you cultivate in that locker room and with that team. And mm-hmm. yeah, Bill O'Brien's one of those guys that he does just enough to not lose his job when he absolutely should. It's a little bit of the, the Bengals syndrome that what they had with Marvin Lewis for a while there. I think uh, the Colt or not the Colts, excuse me, the Texans, I don't think are going to take that next step until he is out the door and they've got somebody yeah. else with the headset. And I think that's going to be tough because he's also their GM. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard when you, uh, when you double dip like that. It's going to have to – and if the Texans completely fall off this year and they don't perform up to anyone's expectations and they miss the playoffs, uh, this could be the year that he's gone. I don't know how much yeah. of a hot seat he's on right now coming off a playoff berth and a berth in the second round, but you got to get rid of him, Houston. Houston, you have a problem. But, you know, the Texans – I, they've got some great defensive pieces. No one can deny it. The the man, the myth, the legend that is J.J. Watt. And then on their offense, what can you say? Like, I mean, Deshaun Watson, he's just he's, – He's incredible. Yeah, I mean, and that's – we're all in for a treat tonight when the Texans play the Chiefs because yeah. you're seeing two of the best young quarterbacks, up-and-comers in this league, go at it. You know, we talked about Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, but Deshaun Watson is just right there too. He's just a little step down. He he could make a real statement tonight if they get that win. I, I Deshaun Watson right now kind of reminds me of where Russell Wilson is currently at with the Seahawks. And I want to talk more about him later, but he is someone that is kind of carrying the team on his back and he is taking it upon himself to make the big plays. And yeah. we've seen him get blown up for it. And it makes me really scared about his longevity in the league. Yeah. I, I love watching Watson play. I love it. It is incredible. But every time I see you take a big hit, I'm like, oh, man, is this 
you grit your teeth a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I know exactly what that's like, like you were saying with Russell, uh, same thing, same thing. So, and that's just, that's kind of, that comes with the territory when you have a mobile quarterback like that. And especially yeah. young guys kind of feel like they're invincible, think they can get away with not sliding and all it takes is a good pop and boom, there goes your ACL, MCL. Yeah. And unfortunately for the Texans, uh, for as much praise as we're giving Deshaun Watson here, uh, I don't know if he's even going to be enough to save them from their first two games. They have probably the most brutal start to the schedule that you could ask for. You start yeah. tonight with Kansas City on the road in Arrowhead, and then you come home next week and you host Baltimore. So yeah, that's tough. Uh, it's it's a tough start, but man, both of those games are a great opportunity for a statement game too. So. Yep. And I'm interested to see, too, I will say, I'm interested to see how David Johnson does. You know, yeah. he's never quite been able to bounce back to to where he had been, you know, years and years ago, it seems like now, which it was quite a few years ago. He could have, like, a second coming in his career, you know, maybe kind of a an Adrian Peterson later in his career kind of get back to it. Yeah, I mean, I remember a few years ago when he was one of the most uh, considered mm-hmm. one of the – the best in the league and yeah he's kind of just fallen off a little bit so yeah I totally could see what you're saying this could be a great year for him to uh have a resurgence I will say though saying that I don't want to bank on it I don't know we'll see we'll see where the Texan success comes from outside of Deshaun Watson this year it's going to be interesting but we both got him winning the division uh really tight AFC South race I think move on to the east we'll move on to the east where let's talk about the Bills Buffalo Bills Anyone in the organization, the fans, whoever, if you're listening, I have one message for you. If not now, then when? This is the best opportunity that you've had in almost two decades to take this division away from the evil empire that has been the New England Patriots. You can do it now. No more Tom Brady in New England. Josh Allen is the guy that can do it. And I think yeah. this is the year that Buffalo takes the AFC East. I, I am excited to watch some Buffalo Bills football this year. I thought they were a really interesting team to watch last year. And I watched that. Oh, my gosh. It broke my heart to watch that playoff game where they lost to the Texans. Well, and then a couple of years ago, the playoff game where they lost to Jacksonville, too. I mean, they finally get over the hump of getting to the playoffs and ending one of the longest postseason droughts in American sports history and then they they haven't been able to take that next step yet of winning a playoff game but I think that that all changes this year I just hope Josh Allen can you know take take that next step as a quarterback because he's shown some and I hate to use this term because I feel like it's overused uh, even especially by me but flashes of greatness but then he also couples it with some really poor decision making yeah and it's someone that just got off of having Jameis Winston on his team that scares me nine times out of ten these teams live and die by the play of their quarterback and yeah I mean I really like Josh Allen I think he's he's the talent's there it's how he's going to channel that talent um and, and he's the good news is he's got some great weapons around and they went ahead and they got Stephon Diggs in this offseason from yeah. Minnesota that's a huge addition uh Brown another great receiver that they have they've got the weapons to do it it just feels to me anyway like this year for the first time in uh, in my lifetime almost, the AFC East is being presented on a silver platter. Yeah, I think it's their, it's their time to win this division. It's, it is, um, which takes us to 
the second place team, I think that both of us can probably agree on too. I have the Patriots coming in second. I think so. The the pure fact that Bill Belichick is still the head coach for New England, I I feel like I can never discount them. Yeah, you can't count them out. And now that they have got uh, Cam Newton, huge yeah. addition. They got Cam Newton for dirt cheap too. And, yeah, and pennies on the dollar. That's the most Bill Belichick thing you will see. He's the master. As much as I hate to admit it. Um, real quick, a, a quick side note. I watched a video this morning by Flemmo Raps on on YouTube. I doubt he listens to this podcast, but I just want to say he's killing it. But I, he made a video on quarterbacks besides Patrick Mahomes that have gotten ten year deals, and one of one was Drew Bledsoe of the New England Patriots. Do you know how long he played of his ten year contract? I'm gonna guess not all ten of it. No, he played exactly two games. Oh, yeah, that was right before his injury, wasn't it? Yep, and I just thought that was incredibly interesting. Wow, yeah. That gave rise to Tom Brady. It sure did. It sure did. It changed the entire face of the National Football League for two decades. Uh, Anyway, yeah, the Patriots, um, with all their opt-outs of high-profile names, man, I just – yeah. I don't know. You keep hearing like, oh, they're trying to get Trevor Lawrence. or, But I just – I don't feel like Belichick is truly that kind of coach. I think he's done some really no. great things. But I don't think Bill Belichick would ever intentionally lose a football game. No. And they've named Cam Newton as their week one starter now. Yeah. So he's going to be the guy, it seems. It depends on what Cam we get. Do we get uh, last year's Cam or do we get 2015 MVP season Cam? Because yeah. that's a lot of the Patriots' success this year is going to hinge on that. And I don't think, frankly, that you can count the Patriots out of any game they're going to play this year because nope. of Bill Belichick. But that being said, I have them going 9-7, and seven, a pretty modest record for what fans in New England are used to. And it's because they play a first-place schedule like they always tend to, and it's going to be tougher this year, I think. Yeah. And plus, as we all know, the Dolphins are always good for one win over yep. the Patriots no matter what. <laughs> so we can count on that in week 15 when they head down to Miami. Yep. And the Dolphins, um, I think the Dolphins and the Jets can be either third or fourth in this division. Yep. And it's not going to make one little ripple in the NFL landscape whatsoever what these two teams do this year. Dolphins fans, I know you got Tua. Sorry, not sold yet. I know he was great in college. I need to well, see him play in the NFL. They also just named that Fitzpatrick was going to be the yeah. starter. Which, which is to be expected. You know, a rookie's usually not going to come in and start right off the bat. But I know that yeah. there's so much hype around Dolphins fans. Shout out to my uncle. He's a huge Dolphins fan. It's a painful existence, I think. I think he finally thinks the dark times are over with Tua, but it's going to take a little bit. I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't even start till second year in the league, so. And then there's the, the dumpster fire that is the Jets. Oh, the and Jets. I want them to be good. I like Sam Darnold. I love Sam Darnold. He was – I know this is kind of an unpopular opinion, but he was my favorite quarterback that came out of that class a couple of years ago with Mayfield yeah. and with uh, Allen. I, I love Darnold too, but the facts are the facts right now. And I'm sorry. I feel the same way about Adam Gase with the jets as I do about Bill O'Brien, maybe even more so uh, get him out of that organization because yeah, I agree. this team is not going to be destined for anything more than four wins in a season as long as he's here and you can put me on record saying that no adam adam gase is 
not healthy for that organization. No, no. Um, and the Jets, the Jets ownership has a bit to do with that. That their their management side, we'll say that management coaching has some real issues that need to be addressed, but. I just yeah. don't think they will be, unfortunately. Again, it might be too harsh. Same as the Jags, though. I have the Jets winning only two games this year. Yep. Um, but I, it's completely unbelievable and understandable why they're there. So do we want to talk about the West? Like, do we really want to talk about the Chiefs all that well, much? I don't think we need to talk about the Chiefs that much, but I do think we need to acknowledge the, the bad news that came out of Denver on Tuesday. We do. Uh, bad uh, ankle tendon injury for Vaughn Miller in Denver. Uh, at the time of recording this, he's still undergoing MRIs, but it sounds like everything I've heard that this is going to require a season-ending surgery. And when I picked the Broncos season this year, I had him finishing 7-9, and nine, and I thought maybe that's a little harsh. And now, after this news, I think that's generous. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Broncos are going to win more than six games this year now. I, I, I feel for the Broncos. I love Vaughn Miller. Like, I think most football fans do yeah um and they do have some other good pieces on the defense but Von Miller I feel like it was just such an anchor for him yeah um you know and it's Shove can't get it done alone no and it's gonna now the Broncos success or failures this year are gonna hinge pretty much solely on their offense and uh is Drew Locke gonna be enough I mean, so, I know they've got talented running backs like Melvin Gordon now, and they have Philip Lindsay, who you can never discount either. Yeah. First off, I think we can both agree it's not going to be enough to take over the Chiefs. No. Until Patrick Mahomes' tenure in Kansas City is done, the Broncos are going to be in the shadow of Kansas City. As are Las Vegas and uh, L.A. Yeah, so. they're going to be the stepchildren of the West. And as much as I hate to say that because uh, my boy Justin Herbert – with the Chargers, I wish him eons of success in the NFL, but it's going to be really hard when you're playing in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and you play him twice a year. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about the Broncos offense right now. They picked up what I believe is probably the most talented wide receiver in the draft this past year in Jerry Judy. And I will debate that with folks. Um, Cause I think he is, out of that group, the most complete wide receiver coming out of the draft, although this next year will be telling. And the Broncos do have some pieces on offense that are good and going to be going correct and going the right way. But ultimately, it's a very young offense. And I think Drew Locke right now, I think he's going to hit kind of a sophomore slump this year. And I think they're going to be really middle of the road. I definitely see him having some really good games but I also see him having some not good games yeah well it just kind of looking through their schedule you know they open this thing up with the Titans who we don't know what we're going to get out of either team I don't think I think the Titans are going to win that game but I also might just be thinking too much of the Titans team that went and smacked the Browns around in week one last year (laughs) Um, week three though they go in or they they host you guys they host Tampa Bay and I I don't think that they're going to win that game you know you got the Chiefs twice you've got the Bills at home could be interesting but I think I think Buffalo we've kind of already established uh those wins what's what it's really going to come down for to for Denver I think is if they want to have any sort of chance at the end is they're going to have to win the games they're supposed to win so when you're playing the Jets on Thursday night football in week four 
don't screw that up. When you're hosting the Dolphins in week six, don't screw that up. When you're playing the Raiders, win at least one of those and probably both, and same with the Chargers. Beat the Panthers when you play them. You have to win the games that you're supposed to win. Yeah, you need to fit your narrative. And you know what? I'm not going to be sold on this Broncos team until I see more of Drew Locke. That being said um, – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's – you know, I just – I want the Broncos to go out there and make a liar of me. Make me eat my words that I think you guys are going to be middle of the road this year. You know, that's kind of where I am too. Like I said, seven and nine is where I've got them. I'll stick with that despite the Von Miller injury, um, although I wouldn't be surprised now if it's worse than that. Uh, I've got them second place in the West – but I think that that's all you can ask for right now, Denver fans. I'm sorry. I guess let's quickly talk about the Raiders and Chargers. I personally don't have a ton to say about them, um, other than I don't think either of them right now are really complete teams. We saw the issues they both had last year, and I don't think either of them have done a terribly a lot to deal with those issues yeah I get what you're saying and also with the Chargers you've got you're not going to have Derwin James for the first six to eight weeks here so you're going to really have to withstand that and there it's going to be tough to do that when you're playing teams like Kansas City Tampa Bay and New Orleans all within a span of four weeks of each other it's just I hope that they're able to do enough early on to set themselves up for success in the latter half of the season when James is back and maybe when by that time Herbert's starting. And I know that there's some people out there who are not sold on Justin Herbert yet. Let me tell you from an Oregon fan, if you're not sold on this kid yet, you will be. But I, the Chargers are going to really have to set themselves up for success early on in order to have a chance on the back end of the season. And just looking at their schedule, it's a very front-heavy schedule, and it's going to be – it's going to be tough. So I have them finishing. Uh, well, I actually have them tied with the Raiders for last. It's interchangeable to me, really. Personally, I do believe Justin Herbert is going to be narrative-breaking because a lot of people see him failing. But I personally, I want to see him play it down to football in the NFL first. You know, that transition is not always one that – No, and I'll – you know, it's, it's fully possible that uh, – And I think Mariota is a great example of that, not to throw the, the Oregon thing back out there. Oh. It's been a, a brutal transition for my Oregon QBs lately, but I, I, feel, I, hope, I hope Herbert's the one that can turn that ship around. Um, we, better, we better get to our well, – this will be a long episode, I think. We better get to the NFC and go through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, guys. We've run long – like I, I've said before, Justin and I can talk about football for a while, clearly. Uh, Let's we'll, start with the NFC North. Let's yeah. talk the Kings of the North. Uh, I think the Kings of the North are going to be the Kings of the North that it has been usually lately as the Packers. To quickly run down why I think so, and I think we've, we've talked about this a little bit. I think Aaron Rodgers is pissed. I think he is going to come with a major chip on his shoulder, and I think we are going to see Aaron Rodgers come back and return to form. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to make some magic happen and win that division easily. You know, he did say the other day that he promises there won't be any drama like there was when he came in and Brett Favre was the one on the way out. And I don't think there'll be any drama off the field, but I think on the field, yeah, he's going to show why uh, he's still the guy. Um, and, you know, the Packers have – last year their their defense had some good things going for them, and they still have those pieces. Uh, the Packers are a team I'm concerned about once they hit the playoffs and who they match up with because, yeah. um, as we've seen with them, it's fine until they play the 49ers, and then it's not. 
Yeah, I, I see the Packers going anywhere from just winning that division and going out immediately in the playoffs to winning the whole darn thing this year. Yeah, it really depends on the road they get. Uh, and if that road avoids San Francisco, I think they could get to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> yeah. So um, moving down the division, in second place, I have the Vikings at 10-6 and six and sneaking into that seventh seed in the playoffs. I, I agree, although I don't, I'm not sold on the fact they make the playoffs yet. Yeah, and that's just me personally. Well, and under the normal, well, used to be normal playoff system, they wouldn't have in my projections here. But you know that new that new system allows for one more team, and they might be that team. At I least agree. I think they will be. So I don't know. They're the Vikings are. I'm sorry, but as long as you have Kirk Cousins under center, I think mediocrity is all you can hope for at best. You know, I know he got that big playoff win against the Saints in the playoffs last year, but besides that, tell me what he has on his resume that's a noteworthy win. Kirk Cousin reminds me a lot of kind of where Tony Romo was at. The narrative for Tony Romo is obviously a lot of people are like, yeah, he's a bad quarterback. He kind of sucked. Well, he didn't, but that's a conversation for later. He can't, he couldn't perform in those big games. Yeah. I think Kirk Cousins is the same way, although I think Kirk Cousins' quarterbacking ability is, you know, probably about on par with Tony Romo, honestly. He just... He doesn't perform in those big games, and I think, yeah, I think it's just gonna be that way. I think his only primetime regular season victory has come on a Thursday night game at home against uh, Washington. So sorry, I'm not impressed. <laughs> but the Vikings, uh, too. I want to see what happens with uh, Dalvin Cook exactly. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting in how he can. I hope he can avoid that injury bug because he's torn his ACL once already, and you're never quite the same after you do that. So, and they're going to lean on him a lot this year. No Stefan Diggs. They still have Adam Thielen, guys like Kyle Rudolph. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the Vikings are still going to be second fiddle in the North. The Bears, I just, I don't think they can get it done on offense. Their defense is, you know, anywhere from good to great. But I just, man, their their offense is just such a disaster. You know, they, they have just named uh, Mitch Trubisky starter for week one. Whether or not that's the right move. I don't know. You are playing the Lions week one, and then you're playing the Giants week two. So I hope you can start 2-0, and but you're also not going to get a very accurate read on your quarterbacking abilities against teams like that. I've got the Bears finishing third also. I have them going 9-7. and seven. Might be a little bit generous. I do like their defense. They finished eighth in the league last year in uh, yards allowed. I don't see them getting any worse in that department. It's going to come down to the offense, like you said, and they're not going to have enough in the tank to roll with teams like Green Bay. And then the Lions, Matt Stafford's coming back. I don't think that's enough. No. Kind of going back to, and I know I cut you off, I apologize. Um, but going back to Adam Gaze and Bill O'Brien, I think Matt Patricia needs to go. Yeah, he hasn't done, you know, he hasn't been what the Lions, I think, were hoping he was going to be. They, You know, you come off the Belichick coaching tree and you, you automatically have this pseudo pedigree because of, who you worked with and for, and it doesn't always translate. And you sometimes guys like that, they're not ready to break off on their own. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing with Matt Patricia. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of their pickups have been, they've been trying to be like the, the generic brand Patriots, I feel like. And that's a lot of people have said that. So, but it totally makes sense. It, Cause they were, um, if I remember correctly, they were like the ones that were really trying to get Gronkowski before he retired. And that's, yeah. If I remember correctly, one of the reasons he's like, yeah, I'm retiring. I don't want to go to the Lions. Lions last place in the North. I have them at 4-12. and 12. 
yeah. although we can put it in the books, I do have them pulling off a pretty significant upset of the Texans in week 12 on Thursday night. And I, I don't want to discount Matt Stafford because he, honestly, I think he's a really good quarterback. I just wish he was on a different team and yeah, kind of like magic somewhere else. Kind of like I was seeing with Philip Rivers earlier, another really talented quarterback in the NFL that just oftentimes gets swept under the rug because of where he plays and uh, how his team around him does. All right, so let's go into the – and do we want to go to the south or do we want to go to the east? Let's go to the east. We'll save our okay. two for last. Um, I'll start okay. by saying this. I'm sorry to any of my Eagles fan friends or Cowboys fan friends. Your division's not good. Um, <laughs> I have the Eagles winning it at 8-8, eight and eight, and I can already feel – the anger brewing up from our buddy Alex. Uh, I, I can guarantee you we're going to see something on, tw- on Twitter along the lines of how dare you disrespect the Eagles like well, that. You know, we might as well give him a plug here. If you see, see him on Twitter, he's going to be at Movie Meals Al. Give him a follow because I'm sure, like Justin said, you're going to see him having some words about what I just said. The Eagles yeah. are going to win this division. They're going to do it at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and um, kind of like they did last year. I'm not going to say they don't deserve to be in the playoffs because if you win your division, you deserve to be in the playoffs. But this division is not on the same caliber as a division like the NFC West or the NFC South. You know, I'm sorry. It's just not. And, you know, I still think the Eagles are going to win it. I think the only two teams that really have a chance in this division this year are the Eagles or the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And um, much like we said, the law of nature with the Titans are, they go 9-7. and seven. The law of nature with the Cowboys are, they go 8-8. Eight and eight. Actually, this year I have them going seven and nine, right behind the Eagles. I do think, however, the Eagles go five and one in their division. I think the only game they lose is to Dallas once. I think they take everybody else. I will say there's a huge asterisk on the Eagles right now, and I think it goes back to the conversation I had with you earlier about how Carson Wentz plays and how he performs this year. Yeah, if he returns to returns to form and he stays healthy, I think those Eagles can be you know, popping up to like the 10 win category. Yeah. Potentially, potentially. It's yeah. It's like you said, it's a big asterisk on them right now. But the other thing that just it makes me wary is their schedule. You know, they have to play the Ravens. They have to play uh, cross state rival Steelers. They have to play the Packers on the road. Uh, they have to play the Seahawks and we have beaten them, you know, what mm-hmm. four or five times in a row now. Uh, they have to play the Cardinals, who I think are going to be a lot better this year. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think within the division they do fine, but outside of the division is where it starts to get sticky for them. I agree with the Cowboys being in the second. I think you can kind of summarize the Cowboys on you go up to somebody to see like, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if an NFL team had the highest or the best offense one year but still missed the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. That's the Cowboys because that's what happened last year. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, well, it is what happened last year, and you know they they, they added some more offensive pieces. They drafted um, C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma, really talented receiver. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's the best rookie receiver. I know you thought it was Jerry Judy. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, but, I think they're both very good. Yeah, I think C.D. Lamb's he's going to help them, but uh, Dallas is so inconsistent, and I'm sorry. It is a top-down problem, and as long as Jerry Jones is there and he has his little thumb and everything they do, uh, they're not going to be destined for much more than eight and eight or nine and seven. And like yep. I said this year, they're going seven and nine in my books. So yep. Dallas at second, and then uh, in last, I think you can really interchange Washington and New York. 
Uh, I think the Giants are going to take a little step forward this year with old uh, Danny Dimes over there, <laughs> but uh, they're not going to do enough to compete with Dallas or Philadelphia in this division. And then Washington, uh, we've discussed this on the podcast before. They are a whole mess of issues that are both on and off the football field, and I've got them going 3-13. and 13. The Giants, I think, like you said, we see some progression in Danny Dimes. But honestly, if defenses are smart, they're going to key on Saquon Barkley. And, you know, if they can stop him and force the Giants to throw, I don't think Daniel Jones can quite. Yeah, life gets tough. That. So, um, and yeah, I don't even want to talk about the Washington football team anymore. No, nope, we've, no, there's not much to talk about. Three and 13. Yep. Sorry, Washington fans. Um, well, Washington fans. Yeah, exactly. Kidding. I guess if you're Just listening, kidding. if you're listening from our nation's capital, I'm sorry, but other than that, I'm sure you don't exist. So let's get into the final two divisions here, the NFC South and the NFC West, our two divisions. Uh, which one do we want to do first? I want to talk Seahawks at the end, honestly. And I, we're both going to talk a little bit about our teams here at the end uh, and how we kind of see them playing out. So yeah. I'm not going to dive too much into the Buccaneers right now. All right. Unless, so, we, want, unless we want to do it during the divisions. Do we want let, to do let, it? Let's just do it now. Let's just do it now. Okay. Let's... So I'm going to break down how I think this division is going to go. And then I'm going to come back to the Buccaneers. Honestly, the top two teams here in the NFC South, in my eyes, are the Buccaneers and the Saints. There's some folks that are they're expecting the Falcons might be kind of sneaky real good this year. I can see Matt Ryan being good this year. I don't know that I can see the rest of the Falcons being good this year. Um, so I think first and second are going to be the Bucs and the Saints in either order. And I think both teams make the playoffs. Um, and then the Falcons and the Panthers, I think, bring up the bottom of the division. I do think the Falcons are better than the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's a pretty good quarterback, but I don't think he's what they needed to bring in to fix where that team's at. Plus, they got a new coach, and I, I'm not sold on how well they're going to do. Jared, would you like to talk about this division real quick? Before yeah, I'll I go, go through real quick. Uh, I've, got, I've got you guys winning it. I've got you at 13-3, and three, actually. All mm-hmm. three times I did this, I had you guys come out at 13-3. and three. I think you split with the Saints. I know you might not like to hear this, but I think you lose on the road to the Falcons. and We I, usually do. And then I think you lose to – what was that other loss I had you at? Oh, the Chiefs when you host yeah. them. Um, and honestly, I can see us splitting with everybody in our division because, you know, it's division rivalries. And they our division is tough. I said the Falcons suck, but that's because they're, they're a division rival and I – I kind of hate them, but I can totally see them doing well this year. Even by my my saying they suck standards, like an eight and eight, and then or like a between seven and nine and nine and seventeen. Well, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I've got you guys thirteen and three, and I'm going to give you a little more credit. I think you're going to sweep the Panthers, and then I've got the Saints finishing second at twelve and four, one game behind you guys. I think that they are, you know, consistently at least as of late. Uh, a contender in the NFC as a whole. It's just that they've had really heartbreaking ends to their season in the playoffs. And then I've got the Falcons at seven and nine in third. And then dead last again, I'm really harsh with these last place teams, but I've got the Panthers at two and 14. Again, I just don't see much there. That's uh Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Besides him, I guess that's, that's about, that's, that's all I see. But yeah, so that's how I see it. That's how I see it going. It sounds like we're kind of in the same boat. Yeah. So let me talk Buccaneers. 
I have been hearing and seeing on like basically the majority of the sports news I intake, and maybe I'm just besides like the Buccaneers fans that people are like, Tom Brady's old, Gronk's old, bad team. A lot of people are saying the Buccaneers are going to be bad, that we're going to be at eight and eight team. Um, because one of the big jokes I see people making is, oh man, it'll be great to go from a seven and nineteen to an eight and eight team, huh? I truly believe, and this is coming partially from a place of bias, which I recognize. I think people are just, uh, think I think people think the hype is going to get us. I think that they're we're going to be the overhyped, um, quote unquote dream team that we've seen before, kind of the Browns of last year. Let me break down why I think that is incorrect. One, Tom Brady is an absolute improvement from Jameis Winston. Whether or not you believe, despite the fact, I should say, because at his age, your quarterback skills are going to be declining. But I'm not sold that he's declined to the point where he is not going to be able to pull off Bruce Arians' offense. He is an absolute upgrade from Jameis Winston, who threw 30 picks last year. Those picks, which, if you go back and watch those games, cost us every one of our losses. Week one against the 49ers... That game was less than a touchdown away up until the last few minutes of the fourth quarter when Jameis started having poor decision-making. Um, we played really good against the Niners. You can see that all along, you know, and some of them, I will say, lost against the Giants last year, kicker issues. Tom Brady is an upgrade at quarterback, and I think going from losing close games because of picks, we go to winning them because of better decision-making. Um, and, uh, sorry, just to go off that real quick, the interception thing. You, like you said, Jameis threw 30 interceptions last year. Do you want to know how many Tom Brady's ever thrown at most in one season? How many? 14, not even half that. Yeah, that's a leagues of an improvement. And I know, you know, people say that Bruce Arians' offense is really tough to learn, and it's a, you got to risk it for the biscuit offense. But Tom Brady's just more accurate. I, I, I for one, really, as much as I have ragged on him all the best – on the past or in the past, I do think he is going to bring good things to this offense. The other thing is the Browns last year did not have a good head coach. I think a lot of the hate that we're getting ignores the fact that we have Bruce Arians, who is a tried and tested coach who does really good things with quarterbacks at the latter half of their career. Carson Palmer is a little bit of a different story because he was kind of in a bad spot, but you know, Bruce Arians has worked with aged quarterbacks before. And he's working with one of the best to play the game. As much as some people hate him, he is. And the age thing, regardless, Tom Brady is our quarterback. And Gronk did come and start the hype train rolling even more. Gronkowski was not our only tight end. We have O.J. Howard, who, even if he didn't do so hot last year, has shown those incredible bursts of playmaking ability, as well as Cameron Brait, who is someone people just kind of forget about because he was an undrafted free agent. He has done incredible things for us. You know, if Gronk doesn't work out, we have two excellent tight ends that, you know, if Gronk goes down to injury, we're not hurting that bad. We have got tight ends that are talented. You know, I'm not going to say they're as good as Gronk in his prime, but they're better than a lot of tight ends. Beyond that, we have two wide receivers that were able to get a lot done last year without Tom Brady and with Jameis Winston, who, as I said, is, is somewhat of a questionable passer. Our biggest area that we needed to fix from last year was the run game. And we did kind of, we, we signed some high profile things, but we have Leonard Fournette that 
even though he may not be what he was projected to be out of the draft as a first-round pick, he is a solid running back, and he is much better. We're in a much better place with our running game than we have been in the past. Although I will say I hope we kind of do a running back by committee style because I do really want to see Ronald Jones continue to develop. He showed some incredible development last year, and I really want to see where he can go. Honestly, I think our offense is in a great spot. We have so many weapons and tools that I think Tom Brady's cup runneth over. Bruce Arians has got a great football mind, and he knows how to use those pieces to our advantage. On the other side of the ball, last year we had the number one run defense. We kept every one of those guys. You know, we got Vita Vea, who is an absolute beast. Devin White, who is amazing, and I love that we added him to the team. We've got the Shaq Barrett, Shaquille Barrett, who I think now more than ever, Denver's really regretting let go. And we got Levante David. I just, I'm, I'm so happy with our defense. And I, I, there's pieces that I'm not even talking about of it. There's players I'm not even mentioning. Bruce Arians came in last year, and he changed the culture on our defense. Another man that helped that was uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. He came in and helped change that. Vernon Hargraves III had made some okay plays over the past couple of years, but he was kind of a bad locker room guy. And Arians was like, all right, you're out. Sorry. And it, it helped our defense. They really started to turn around at the end of the year. And I think that mentality shift, that culture that we, that we, that Arians worked on, that JPP worked on has really paid off. And I think this year is going to be where it comes together for us. And I will stand by that until I am proven wrong. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. All right. Rant over. Rant over. All right. I like it. I like it. You put those haters in their place. It has been 13 years since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been in the playoffs. And I think what a lot of this hate that you're hearing is a lot of people that just don't want to admit that the things are changing. You know, it's been so easy to make the Buccaneers a laughing stock over the last decade, but that time's over now. I think a lot of it is just that residual Tom Brady hate. I guess what I would have to say to that is welcome to the life of Patriots fans. <laughs> You'll take it if that means a playoff berth, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm more than happy to have Tom Brady if it means that we can finally return to the playoffs. There you go. And we both think you're winning the division. So not only are you returning to the playoffs, you're getting a home game. I sure hope so, man. I All sure right. hope so. Let's, let's get to my division. In, in my opinion, right now, the NFC has the two most stacked divisions in the league. And I'm going to say it's the South and the West, honestly. And not just because of our teams. Yeah, no, I mean, the only, yeah, the only, the only other, dud in those two, I think, is the Panthers. Yeah, the only real dud, the only other division I could see being somewhat, maybe the AFC North, maybe. Maybe, it depends on how some of those play out. Anyway, back to the West. So here's how I have it going, and then we'll do what we did with the South. I'll reel them off, Justin will reel his off, then I'll break down Seattle's season, what I think it's going to look like. As much as I hate to admit this, I think the 49ers are winning our division again. Mm-hmm. I have them going 12-4. and four. You're not the defending NFC champs for, uh, for no reason. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. I have a whole spiel about Jimmy Garoppolo that I'm going to have to save for another day because I know we're oh, kind of – We're already – well, I, I, I can do it now if you want me to. We, we should probably save it. All right. I'll, I'll get there. The opportunity, next week, next week. the opportunity will present itself at some point. Um, so I've got them winning the division at 12 and four. 
I have uh, my Seahawks getting a wild card at 11 and five. And then I have us going three and three within the division. I think we split with everybody. I'll get to that in a little bit. I've got the Cardinals going nine and seven. And that honestly might even be a little low because the Cardinals have, uh, I think, really improved. I think we're, they're going to be one of the teams that we see take one of the more significant jumps this year. And then uh, just to give you an idea of how talented and stacked I think our division is, I have the Rams finishing last at nine and seven also. Mm-hmm. So uh, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams in that order. That's how I have it. But let's hear you, Justin. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it. I, I have the 49ers, I think, winning it too. I, I got to hand it to the, the 49ers. They have done such a good job on their rebuild. that And I've been saying this for a couple of years. It's made my mouth water as a Buccaneers fan. It's like, oh, my gosh, can we just do that? Because they, they took their lumps. They went through the bad years. Uh, they went out. They got, you know, an upgraded quarterback. I'm not going to say Jimmy G is the best thing since sliced bread, like some people say. I'd but rather have bread. Anyway, but he's an upgraded quarterback, and I, 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 I will say that, and I will stand by that. And they, they started slowly putting these pieces all in place, and, like, they were building a puzzle. And last year, you know, they kind of put the last few pieces in, and they made it to the Super Bowl. It paid off. And I think most of those pieces are still there. And I keep kind of saying that same phrase, but they are. Yeah, the only issue – the only issue is the injuries that their wide receiving core has suffered. That is true. Over this last month. But uh, you but know. they've shown, you know, versatility on going out and getting wide receivers and other players that they need to kind of help push them over the edge. They did that. Yeah. yeah. Minute, well, they did so, They did some of it last year, and they did a, they added a couple more this year. Didn't they grab Emmanuel Sanders last year? Was that them, or am I getting that mixed up? No, they did. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, they went out and got Emmanuel Sanders to kind of help shore that up and give another target. But anyway, enough about the Niners. The Seahawks and the Cardinals are two teams that I, – I, I'm not going to put the Seahawks third because I think, honestly, Pete Carroll, he, he's such an amazing coach. And every time I think the, the Seahawks are going to be on a decline, they sneak into the playoffs. And people will be like, oh, I'm a Seahawks fan. I think we're going to suck this year. And they never do. They never do. Nope. He, uh, we're always, we're, you know, we've only missed the playoffs twice under Pete Carroll. Um, and so I definitely think the Seahawks are going to do very well this year. But, and I've shared this concern with you before, Russell Wilson cannot keep doing it by himself. He is going to get hurt. He's going to get blown up on a play. And that's going to be it. Yeah. That season is done for. Because if Russell Wilson does not return, yeah, well, he's, it's, yeah. It's over. Yeah, and it's kind of a miracle to me. He honestly has like he hasn't missed a start yet in his career, and it's it's unbelievable with some of the stuff that they ask him to do. Uh, and the Cardinals, I think they can. I really like the Cardinals. I think Cliff Kingsbury. A lot of people kind of hated on him when he came in because uh, they were like, "Oh, it's just the Sean McVay factor." He knew Sean McVay, so he gets a job. But he's done a good job with Arizona so far. Kyler Murray is an is a good quarterback. They've got Larry Fitzgerald, the man that will never retire. They've got a brand new, shiny wide receiver talent. Well, not new, but from the Texans that they got for dirt cheap. They've got Kenyon Drake, who it's one of those things to change the scenery. That man ran better than he ever did in Miami for the Cardinals. Um, and he did it against the Niners last year. 
he had incredible runs against the Niners. And I'm talking way too much about the Cardinals now. And they got good pieces on defense, too. Like I've said before, I love Buda Baker. I think he's an awesome de- defensive playmaker. And then finally, the Rams are the Rams, and they're going to be middling because, unfortunately, they just don't have a lot of good things going for them. They have a lot of okay things happening. Yeah, well, and what would normally be uh, middling in a typical division is going to be last in this division. Yeah, the West is just such a tough division. There's so much talent. It, I think, has caused the Cardinals and the Rams to be better because the Cardinals, the Rams and the 49ers, all, they're like, man, we need to compete. We need to keep up with Seattle, who's been very good for a long time. Because the Niners were very bad, you know, yeah. prior to this past year. You know, the Niners were, they were streaky. They had the really good years with Jim Harbaugh where they went to three consecutive NFC championships, one Super Bowl, and then they dropped off. And then, you know, they're back now with Kyle Shanahan. And uh, I hate it, but it makes the division extremely competitive. It makes the games fun to watch. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the wire again this year. You know, last year the division title was decided on uh, by an inch in the last mm-hmm. night of the season. And I would not be surprised at all if it's the same this year. So um, if that's – Tell me about the Seahawks, Jared. I'll, you let me rant. I'll let you rant. Uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to be much of a rant. I'll go through real quick and I'll tell everybody who I think the losses are going to be since I think it's going to be five of them. I think we're going to split with everyone in the division. So there's three right there. We always seem to. And then I think that we're going to lose to Buffalo because we've got to play them on the road. And we've already talked about how we think Buffalo is going to be a really uh, improved team this year. And then uh, I hate to say these words out loud. Boy, do I hate to. But I really think in week three that we we have the Cowboys come to town and there's just something about that game that's rubbing me the wrong way right now. And I don't know what it is, but I think that I think we could easily drop that game to Dallas. So I think Mm -hmm. we, we take those five losses. But just as a team, as a whole now, like you said with Pete Carroll, I think he's, I'll say it, and whether it's biased or not, I think he's the best coach in the division. And I, I think he's proven that mm-hmm. over the last decade. Talking about Russell, Seattle asks him to do too much, too many times. I get the feeling that that might happen a little bit again this year, although Russell does, at least as far as receivers go, seem to have some help around him finally now. You know, Tyler Lockett, who's always been, the go-to guy is no longer alone now that DK Metcalf <laughs> is coming into his own and DK Metcalf is a monster on the outside coming into his sophomore year. He's somebody I don't think is going to have a sophomore slump. Moving on to the defense real quick. It feels like we kind of switched an area of the defense that I was concerned about. I used to be concerned about the secondary. Now we got Jamal Adams, the savior. And uh, I'm not so concerned about that. And now I'm concerned about the pass rush because Jadavian Clowney is now a Tennessee Titan. And I am very wary about who we have up front there. We're going to need to be able to get pressure on the quarterbacks because even with Jamal Adams, we can't rely on the secondary to do all the dirty work for us. And then, you know, it's something we don't talk about too much on the expansion buddies here, but special teams. And uh, Seattle special teams has been a roller coaster uh, ever since Pete Carroll's been here. And I'm not talking just uh, kickers, but, you know, punting. We had such a stable foot in John Ryan for so long, and now he's gone. But we have our Australian hero, Michael Dixon, the drop kick extraordinaire, 
who is really coming into his own too. And people don't think about often how much uh, of a difference maker the punty, the punter is on your team. You know, Michael Dixon has often, I think, saved us games by his ball placement on the field, you know, giving the other teams such a long, a long field to drive. And I expect more of the same from him this year. Uh, I'm a little bit wary on Jason Myers, our kicker. He's got flashes of really great. He's, he's the kicker that'll either make uh, five field goals in a game, no problem, or he'll shank three from inside 30. That's an adventure that you don't necessarily want to have. But I think by and large, the Seahawks team, we're going back for the playoffs this year. I think we're another wild card team. I don't want to play Green Bay again in the playoffs because it never goes well unless we're at home. And I don't think we're getting any home playoff games this year. I think realistically we get bounced in the wild card or the divisional round again. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but I see another one of those type of seasons for Seattle. And uh, I'm excited. I'll end it with that. I'm just really excited. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to that week one game on Sunday with Atlanta Watch out, Falcons, because there's another bird team coming for you. That's what I'll say. That's what I'll say. Oh, I'm just excited when we inevitably meet in the playoffs. Oh, That's going to be a sad game for one of us. We're going to have a heck of an episode before and after that. So <laughs> we'll make a bet or something. Yeah, I just remember when Kyle Mitchell and I watched the Patriots-Buccaneers game together. We were both very emotional. Yeah. Oh, I know what it's like to play a team of your buddies. Uh uh, I was just so smug about it. He wasn't mean or anything. He was just so smug. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, guys, I know we've run a lot longer than we thought we would. We're not going to be able to get into some of the nitty gritty of these games like we were hoping. I did tease it a lot on why I think that Baltimore is going to get upset by Indianapolis and I'm going to make you guys wait longer. I'm going to save that for you until they play. Wait a couple more months. So hopefully it was worth the wait and hopefully I'm right or I'm going to look like a two month long idiot here. We'll end it there, I think. We, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Yeah, We've thank you, as always. Listening to our rambling thoughts, listening to us probably be wrong on a lot of this, but still coming back for more. Uh, it's always a fun time uh, recording it, even, even if it does run long sometimes. It's, I love talking football, and I know Jared does too. Um, we love talking sports regardless though. We do. And we'll, uh, you know, we know the last couple episodes have been pretty football heavy. We've got some other stuff coming your way. Uh, shout out to the Miami heat who are moving on to the Eastern conference finals yeah, for the first time exciting. since 2014. So Alex, if you're listening out there, if you want to take away anything from us and not be super mad, congratulations to your heat. We are happy for the Miami heat because their uniforms, their jerseys have the drip. There you go. So make sure listen every Thursday we publish on Spotify, iTunes. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find us at the expansion BU one. That's the number one. We would love it to hear from you guys. Uh, if you're our listener from New Zealand or Australia, please reach out. We'd love to know who you are. <laughs> please let us know who you are. And uh, I think that's about all I got, Justin. Yeah. Uh, I, good as well all right everybody well thanks again for tuning in for another episode of the expansion buddies podcast and never forget party like it's 1976